Welcome back to the Grunge Magic Podcast. Today we are talking to Robin Valentine. You may know her as a tired witch. Um, I'm Whiskey Stevens. I'm Carrie Blake. Hello, I'm Robin. (laughs) We're talking to Robin today because she has a book coming out, uh, Magical Tarot. So, you know, we just wanted to talk to you all about your book and writing, your experience, all that stuff. I appreciate you guys asking me to even come on. So thank you. (laughs) Of course, especially with like the book that you're coming out with. It's really exciting and very I'm really excited about it too. I'm very, very excited about it. I, uh, I like... I don't want to sound pretentious or anything like that, but when I was pitching my book, I kept on trying to press to my publisher. I was like, I want to do a book that isn't like every other book that you see. (laughs) But I don't want to sell you dick. So, um, (laughs) I don't think that I'm that special. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was really, it's well, I mean, I guess it would probably be because I don't think that there is really a book that's that similar in doing all the different things that it seems like you're planning on doing with like rituals and spells. And then you even did add tarot spreads and I love tarot spreads. So what was like your real inspiration that you're like, you know what, I'm going to make it a book. It's happening. Well, I, so tarot is my profession. It is also my day job. Um, I work as a tarot reader for a few hotlines. <laughs> um, so like tarot is my whole life, essentially, aside obviously from the rest of my life. <laughs> and I, I really, we get, I, I am constantly seeing people that are starting you know, their journey into tarot, and they get really overwhelmed really, really easily, and for me, it, what I found easiest when I was learning a hundred years ago (laughs) was when we understand the symbolism that the cards hold, the meanings, the imagery, all that, everything else becomes a lot easier, and so you have these cards that are so so chock full of symbolism that is right there for you to learn and then you can reapply that information as you know a a spell working tool ritual tool i mean all aspects of magic is symbolic you know when you use a wand you're not actually using a wand necessarily for you know that one specific, you know, magic powers or properties, it's the symbol. And depending on, you know, the path that you follow, you know, the symbol might be different, but it is a symbol and it's chock full of that. And why can't we reapply that information to a tool that most practitioners have laying around, even if they don't use it every day? Like a nice budget tip too. I'm like, oof, yes, that's so true (laughs) because you can have everything at your fingertips, Mm -hmm. just like you said. Absolutely. And my goal with the book is to hopefully get people thinking just slightly out of the box. Um, I know that a lot of people self-describe as eclectic witches now, but I feel like the word eclectic witch does bring to mind a very specific kind of path. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, there's nothing wrong with that specific kind of path, but it does bring to mind this very specific thing that new witches especially feel like they need to fit into and so it's hoping to you know going on that eclectic path kind of give you some new food for thought that maybe you can then reapply elsewhere like the idea like when you were talking about like incorporating the symbols and just how vast like tarot actually is sometimes for me even i'll like pull a tarot card that i want to embody like that or not embody use that energy within the spell i'll put it on my altar while i'm working and that Mm -hmm. feels really good so yeah um, 
Yeah, just so it's the same. It's the same sort of thought process. Putting a tarot card on your altar, maybe for like trying to bring in that energy for the day or whatever, but it's taking it that step further and doing like an actual spell with it. Um, then other than just putting it on your altar, and I, I, I'm hoping. I really, my goal is hoping to have people thinking a little bit outside of the box while simultaneously reminding them that like simple things like a tarot card can be filled with so much information so like why not go out and research that you know yes my book is has got the explanation of the symbolism but i've also only focused on the major arcana there are four other suits (laughs) go read about it learn about it you know deep dive a little bit further and i'm hoping i'm hoping that that (laughs) makes people think a little bit farther and gets them a little bit excited (laughs) I think it's going to help people definitely challenge what you said is like calling themselves. Cause I have a problem. I like, it's the easiest thing to say, Oh, I'm an eclectic witch. And I said it in mm-hmm. the first podcast, but I just don't know that I like that word. So mm-hmm. I really love that you're giving a whole nother option. And literally my like name is the fucking tarot witch, because I was <laughs> like, that's the only thing that I know is never going to change in my practice. Right. So I'll just, I'll, I'll guess that's kind of my label. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because it's just, it just makes more sense. So I really like, I feel like you're making a whole new sector for that in general. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike the word eclectic. Um, I do think it has a lot of validity and a lot of meaning in it, but I definitely don't disagree with what you're saying. Cause I think especially since witchcraft has kind of boomed online it has taken on a very specific meaning and where like you know 10 15 years ago it didn't necessarily take on such a specific meaning Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that but you know i technically am an eclectic witch technically um but i don't i don't subscribe to or relate necessarily with the images that pop up into your head when you first think of that and so I'm hoping you know like let's get back to it being a big melting pot where people like share ideas and even if you don't take them on for your own practice you're still learning something about somebody else I really like how you said you're like doing actual spell work like um, because for some reason, automatically, I went to, like, placing that, the card on the altar, but you're like, no, like, my book has actual spells yeah, like, with the tarot. So like, every cool. single spell, every single spell includes the tarot card in question, but there's, like, fertility spells, there's prosperity spells, dream work spells, like, there's specific spells that do require the work aspect of spell work, right? Um... So, uh, yeah, it is It is just taking it that one step further, but also saying you can just put it on your altar as, like, either a reminder or similar to focus on that for the day. Because there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. You know, it, it can be both. <laughs> so, with the spell work part of it, like, I listened to the episode that you went on um, with temperance, with occultism, with a sign of salt, mm, that yeah. intention isn't everything. And that's the question that, that I had for you, like, Um, How do you feel, because you are, like, a professional tarot reader, how do you feel about that with tarot? Like, you get a tarot reading, and then maybe people expect, like, I don't know what people expect from tarot, like, their future laid out, or whatever their preconceived notions into it. Like, how do you feel the work afterwards? You get a reading, you still have to do something? (laughs) Yeah, um, I, so I'm a firm believer that tarot gives us kind of, like, this insight 
uh, think about your how your life being a house, right? And you can rearrange the rooms of the house. But if you're on the outside, you can have a peek in to see what the living room looks like right now. Does that mean that's what the living room is going to look like in 10 years? Probably not. But we could have this insight into the layout and the design and the direction it's maybe headed. You know what I mean? And so what I always struggle with is this preconceived notion that some people believe, and there's nothing wrong with this, but some people believe that your life has a destiny path. And that, you know, everything is laid out for you. That's not what I believe. I believe that the future is about consent. And I believe that when you have a tarot reading, and let's say hypothetically, you see in the tarot reading that you're going to meet somebody this year and it's going to be a really toxic relationship. Well, now you're armed with information that when you get into said relationship, you can right away start looking for red flags and be like, peace, I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of like sticking around and dragging yourself down this rabbit hole of bullshit. And so for me, I view it as a window and I feel like, the, the work that comes afterwards is using it as a self-reflection tool and like ammo to prepare yourself for the future. And mm-hmm. it's, I really believe the future is about consent. Timelines are fluid. Like real yeah. life is not, you know, this cut and dry, like candy land game that you're following the path. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is good and this is bad or one or the other. It's so yeah. much nuanced. Yeah. Real life is more like Uno. Like sometimes <laughs> you get that reverse card and you're fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and there's no way to prepare for that. And that's just the way it is. And tarot gives us the insight and availability to prepare ourselves to make better choices to allow us us to have the future that we do want. Um, but it doesn't mean that things are cut and dry. It doesn't mean that, you know, if you ask me if your girlfriend's going to get back together with you and I say, well, it looks that way now, right? That doesn't mean that it's actually going to be that way because your girlfriend might make some new choices in that time or meet some new people or decide to make a radical life change. Like, it's about consent. <laughs> yeah, that's something that when I didn't want to sound like a pessimistic kind of pain in the ass all the time but that's something that I really struggle with the whole like it's meant this is meant to be or what's supposed to happen will happen kind of just because but what about all the people that are actually oppressed right now is that meant to fucking be I don't know I I just go there I I got into like a full conversation today with my nail tech about why I don't (laughs) believe in Abrahamic like ideas of God so like I'm with you (laughs) (laughs) Like, okay. <laughs> my poor nail tech she's an angel but half the time she's just like okay Robin we get it and I'm just like but the thing is <laughs> well, I have a few more questions about the like inspiration for the book I feel like every tarot reader has problems like with cards right so I was really okay. curious on which card you had probably the most trouble writing sitting there and being like okay if I'm gonna write a book fuck I still gotta write about this card I guess you know what I mean <laughs> you know it's funny because it's my favorite card and also the hardest card to write about and that's the death card not because death is like it's my favorite card I think it's so beautiful the symbolism in it and the meaning but when I'm writing an entire book on symbolism of the cards 
the death card has a ton of conflicting information in terms of the esoteric symbolism that's involved in it. And so it became a lot of, okay, what do I believe based off of the information that is out there, right? And <laughs> I probably rewrote that card like five times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, was it, it like just, over a period of time? Like you'd put it down and be like, no, 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 no. I came yeah, back like, and like I wanted would to write it. I would write it and then I would read it again. I'm also my own worst critic, which I think most like creatives are. Um, but I would like read it and then I'd look at it again. And I'd be like, I just, that doesn't sit right. Like that's just not right. And then I would like go back and <sighs> it, <laughs> just honestly such a draining card like because especially when you look at like um if you look at a death card you got the grim reaper and he's got that flag with the white rose the meaning of the rose has six different interpretations from six different people i mean i'm just throwing a number out there not actually <laughs> listen to this please don't like go and be like well actually there's only four just <laughs> calm down it was just a number <laughs> Um, but it, it has so many different meanings and that in and of itself makes it very difficult to write about because it's like, okay, so whose school of thought am I going to take on here with this? And then am I going to adapt a couple of them because it's what I believe and what I feel in, and that's what I ended up going with. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it, that was a very difficult card to write about. <laughs> what do you think then was the easiest? That oh, easily the fool. the fool easily <laughs> every motherfucker and this is myself included when talking about tarot right talks about the fool's journey i mean that's what the whole major arcana is about i did it i, I literally started my book saying something about the fool's journey i don't remember what i wrote but everybody does it right because that is what the major arcana follows so it just becomes super easy and then like the symbolism within that card was really easy because you talk talk about color play like the knapsack and you know the edge of the cliff etc it becomes super easy to write about it's like they made that card to be like look how easy this is jokes we've got the rest of the deck tempt you <laughs> tempting to walk you off that cliff yes exactly <laughs> all jokes that ties into my next question that i like i want to know personally um if you want to answer it or not it's up to you but uh for writing like I know for when I was writing a lot had to change like from my original vision to what actually got produced um and then after like after that the writing process was fine but then it's I have fearful and everything like that so when I watch your content and I listen to your podcast coffee and cauldrons and I you know you seem so like put together like you're hilarious but you seem so confident so did you have any like of those feelings like okay this is how not put together i am just so everybody can be like grounded that robin is actually a fucking disaster i have a discord that goes with my podcast right and we're planning a Discord hangout this weekend where everybody's going to, we're going to have a window time frame where people can come and go and chat. Okay. How it works is I give options for days and then I give options for times. And it's react with these emojis and then whatever emoji has the most wins, right? Mm -hmm. I literally, and I say this with no 
sense of irony. I looked at it this morning, and I just said a day and a time that was not what was reflected at all. And one of our Discord members was like, okay, am I really confused? Like, because when I look at it, it looks like it's this. And I was just like, I don't know. I'm on drugs. It's actually these times. I don't know why I said that. Like, <laughs> I'm a mess. <laughs> um... As for confidence, um, I was raised in a Latina household, <laughs> and uh, I don't know about other people who have a Mexican mother, but they give you very thick skin, and as then you grow up, and you just kind of learn to not care about anything anymore because there's nothing that you can say to me that I've either said to myself or my mom said to me <laughs> my whole life so let's do this <laughs> I, I I just yeah I don't know I've I haven't always been this way like I have always been a very outgoing person but in terms of confidence I found that uh somewhere in my 20s a lot of it's really unwarranted. I've kind of lived a life where, as a four, I feel like if I walk around like a ten, I will have more fun. And so far, it's working. <laughs> as she says with her book and her man and her baby. Okay, well, that's sure, right. That's it. Okay. Because sure. <laughs> like actually taking all those things into consideration, a lot of that really didn't come easy for me. Like, I had a lot of really fucking shitty boyfriends before I met my partner. Like, yeah. really, like, the worst of the worst kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and like having a baby, like uh, we really struggled to get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And so like, there are like, it hasn't been actually really easy. It's been really difficult, but I have had this attitude. Like if I just keep doing it, it's going to work out and it has. So (laughs) totally (laughs) well-deserved. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I am a firm believer in really hard work and I know that's such a boomer thing to say, but, like, it's true. I work really hard. I work, like, probably 60 to 70 hours a week. Like, it's a lot. people think that spiritual people don't put in the work. And I think we put in, like, double, triple sometimes. And not not trying to be like, oh, we're better than. I'm just saying, like, I think we really believe in it more than anyone. Yeah, it is a lot of work. And, you know, when it comes to, like, for my job, where my day job is tarot, right? That is a, for lack of a better term, it's a hustle. Because I am, I am self-employed. And so if I don't work, I don't get paid. (laughs) If I get sick, I don't get paid. (laughs) Nobody's paying for my insurance but me, all that. And so there is a lot more energy that goes into that. A lot more work, even when I don't want to. <laughs> I think that your like the day job thing is actually really interesting because um, the only other person that I have heard talk about doing um, like phone tarot is Violet Star Tarot. Said like it's a lot different than maybe having your own business running tarot because oh, it's really yeah. go go go. Yes, also, it's, like tired, which I get. I allow myself a full hour to do a reading. So, you know, you draw the cards, that takes maybe five, ten minutes. But then I allow myself that extra 50 minutes to think about what I'm writing. And, like, because I I feel like especially when you're getting an email reading from me and it's not, like, in person or on the phone, like, you are paying for that luxury to be able to go back and, like, read it 
again and reflect on it. And then doing, like you said earlier, doing that work afterwards, right? And so I, I have that more time where my day job, people will have paid for literally five minutes and are like, is my boyfriend coming back? Is Will he love me? And you're just like, yeah. probably not. You sound neurotic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just tell the um, truth. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's just one of those things where it is it is night and day different. It's completely different. And I, I, I always think it's really funny when people think they can do my day job. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, cool. So not only do you need to be incredible at customer service and smile as they're calling you every name under the book because their ex-boyfriend from 10 years ago doesn't want them back. Um, but you also need to be really quick and like be able to like shuffle your cards and like go, 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 because otherwise you're not going to cut it. <laughs> and most of them are review based as well. So Think of it like, you know, you go to a restaurant, you have a really good time, you're going to leave them a five-star review on Yelp, right? You go have a bad time, or you felt as though the service wasn't as good as you wanted, and now you got a one-star review or a two-star review, which is taking down your overall average, which is also hiding you in their sort of algorithm. And it's just like, you, you can't do my job. You think that my job is grifting, you think that my job is you know, this easy peasy thing, and it's really difficult, it's not easy, and don't think that you, it's an, some quick money. <laughs> like, my, my main place of employment, I had four interviews before they hired me, two of which were tests. Like, <laughs> it's not, you can't just show up and, like, get hired. Mm -hmm. It's not how it works. <laughs> And it's crazy because a lot of times I feel like those people aren't asking for like questions that they're, they're we're not going to give them answers they want to hear. Right. Especially with the questions they're asking. So like, we're going to get those, you're going to get those reviews just because we didn't give them what they wanted. Because yeah, that's like, what they wanted. I one time had a really bad review because I had a person who clearly had set in their mind what they wanted to hear. And... I didn't tell that to them. And then not only did I not tell that to them, but they read what they wanted to read based off of what I said, not what I said. And then went crazy in my review section. And I was just like, okay, like you're only proving my point that you need to go to therapy, but okay. Like, <laughs> all right, bud. I'm sorry. But if you can afford like 10 bucks a minute, you can yeah. afford to see a therapist because there is a really high level of like financial privilege that comes with being able to call us like a phone psychic they're mm -hmm. not cheap and so if you can afford that if i've said perhaps consider some occasional counseling to deep dive into this deeper for you maybe don't call me the c word i just like it's just like a crazy thought that i have had <laughs> but <laughs> so um what I want to know about the book actually was like, is it for everybody? Would you say beginners and advanced or do you write more for like, I would describe my book as a like low intermediate book, but I do think that there are a lot of things that beginners can get from it because 
it is giving them that jump start to reading things like symbolism. Like, I think the biggest misconception that people have in general, and this isn't just people that just started on their path, but in general, when it comes to tarot, is people think you need to memorize the cards, and you shouldn't be memorizing them, in my opinion. Getting a general understanding of what each card means, totally. Understanding the symbolism, however, and why the cards have the meaning that they have, that's more important than just memorizing a bunch of meanings, in my opinion. And so, <clears throat> although, yes, the book is, like, low-intermediate, like I said, I, I do think there's a lot that beginners are going to get from it. And I, I hope that it puts them in a position where they are feeling like they can, they can take that step further in learning tarot, that it will actually be lasting and meaningful versus... Um, some other places where I've read books, I'm not going to shade anybody on here, but some other books that are just throwing a bunch of keywords at you and, and saying, memorize this. <laughs> because at the end of the day, the keywords also are based off of that reader's interpretation. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know what I mean? Like you understand why things have the meanings that they do. And then you can build, you know, your correspondence, if you will, with it. Yeah. Which I think applies to all aspects of magic, not just tarot. I was thinking about back when, like, I was interested in learning more, like, diving deeper into tarot and, like, how just overwhelming it seemed. Yeah. I also think that there's a massive pressure with things like social media, etc., that everybody thinks they need to be a master at everything and right away. And that's not, that's so unrealistic. Like, I, I know we talk about it on my podcast all the time, which is like, be freaking kind to yourself. We're all learning. Because like, even like, I'm a professional tarot reader, right? Like, that is my career. I'm still learning off of other people's opinions and their perspectives every day. Sure, I might not apply it to my readings, but I'm still learning something about like, the human experience through tarot. And... I think that's really valuable, and I think people need to remember that they don't need to be teachers at everything when they've been doing it for, you know, a little blip. Like, think about if it was any other career, like a regular teacher, even like an elementary school teacher still goes to school for four years before (laughs) they get to have that role. You don't just show up and say, hi, Apple Elementary, I would like to be a teacher here and they go absolutely yes come in <laughs> we're gonna trust <laughs> you with all these small children come on <laughs> you went to elementary school you'll be fine that's you'll like, be, you've no. been here you've been here before <laughs> it's fine yeah so i think people need to remember that and compare comparison kills massively and i think that at least in my experience people fizz out really quickly with tarot, because it's so overwhelming, like you said, yep. because they expect themselves to have mastered it in a week. And that's just not, it's not realistic. And it's not kind to yourself to put that kind of pressure on yourself. I've, I've personally felt that, like, when I joined, like, the online community, it felt like I had to know everything. And I put a lot of pressure on myself. And then I was judging, like, I would judge my own practice. I would judge the way that I read tarot. And, and how much were you getting out of that experience when you were was, judging yourself? It, I And I still catch myself. And I have to remember, like, online is online. Like, everybody's practice is, like, 
90% of what they're doing is not online. And how Look can at my Instagram. I very, very, very specifically do not share most aspects of my practice online because it's really private. And although, yes, I am in a position where I am teaching people and I am, you know, informing others, that does not mean I need to inform them about my personal relationship with my guides and my, you know, spell work. That's not their freaking business. I'm here to help you with questions you maybe have, but that ain't got nothing to do with what I'm doing in private. <laughs> and and I think that a lot of people forget that. Now, no shame or shade if people do want to share those things, but the pressure that comes from social media where they feel they have to is, no, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Or even like the comparison then feeling like their practice isn't in comparison. It's like you don't even know what they did or they didn't do for whatever's yeah. going on in the world. Well, yeah. I mean, look at my altar. That is my like daily like meditation sin i have another altar that i never post online that lives outside and i never share about it and i've talked about it before and it's just like because some parts of your practice should be private in mm -hmm. my opinion because it is so personal it's a sacred mm -hmm. thing right and there's well, no shame in wanting to shade lots of or share lots of parts of it but you also shouldn't feel like you have to, to be any more or less valid. Especially with online, because then they can just run off with, like, let's say that's your favorite thing and you share it, and then they just trample it, and you're like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, look at the fact that, like, I work with Santa Muerte um, for part of my practice. I have a couple of statues of her on my daily altar. And I'm very white passing. I'm hyper aware of that. My dad is white. My mom is Latina. Like, I got all my dad's phenotypical characteristics. That doesn't make me any less Mexican. It just means that I look like my father when it comes to my skin tone. And, but I'm also hyper aware of that. So I don't talk about that aspect of my practice at all. Because yeah. I don't want little, you know, people that aren't in my position that don't have that lineage to think it's okay because well robin's white and she's doing it and i don't that is not a responsibility that i want to take on or a misunderstanding i want people to take on yeah honestly i'm literally going through that exact same thing was literally named after my dad he's like white like all of that stuff told my mom not to teach me spanish because he wanted to know what was going on so i've always been like okay well i don't want to share this part of if i want to do this or if i don't because that's exhausting like if somebody came at me because of how i look and how i don't speak spanish and how i'm still trying to learn it would just like drain me already and why do i have to explain that to you why do I have to explain right. to explain to you my lineage so it's like keeping that part private is healing for us as well because it's like we're not going to dig that up with some random fucking person fuck you right you know? I don't I don't owe like a 17 year old like full white girl an explanation about my like lineage because I, I what do you want me to do here on the internet do would you like to see my ancestry DNA do you want to see my family tree would you like to meet my abuelita? Like, is that what, will, will that satisfy you? And the thing is, is it just won't. And it's going to, that's going to dig up more things. And then, then having brought, dug it up, the people who are going to find your social media later, 
who will have missed that conversation and then we're just starting the whole cycle over again and I'd rather just not have that sort of cultural responsibility where I have to explain yes I am light-skinned but I am Latina (laughs) like I've been called like a colonizer before because of it and I'm like well technically you're not wrong like my dad is white (laughs) like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but I I don't know it's I, I it's have already exhausting. <laughs> yeah, and I, ha- I have all the privileges that come with being a white person. And choosing to not acknowledge that is, in my opinion, very harmful. <laughs> and so I choose to just remove myself from that part of the conversation. Because I, I, I am white. I look white. Yeah. The, the only way I can not have that conversation is by literally like being like, this is my, you know, my tío, this is my abuelita, this is my mama, like, see how yeah. brown they are? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, just not catering to people, you don't really owe them anything. It's like, once you get into that, it's, like you said, just becomes like a really big, long cycle of, you know... Yeah, Yeah. and so so. that's a huge reflection of the fact that you don't have to share everything online, and you also should never feel pressured to because you your success online like has nothing to do with the validity of your practice. Love that. I really love that. It doesn't though, you know, like. I don't know, like, some of the most powerful witches I've ever met in my life don't even have the, like, social media. Yeah. And they're That's still so thriving. They're, they're still sure. thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Not to be too vulnerable on here, I don't know. Like, we and Carrie were talking today, and she was like, yeah, you you do have a wall up. And, I mean, I agree with... <laughs> I don't want to get too vulnerable, but, like, I have literally... I've been thinking so much about that, and, like, why do I put so much worth on what I'm even doing online, if I didn't even have an online presence, I would still be worthy just as me as an individual, you know it's what I mean? because of the <laughs> fact that, I mean, I'm going to assume your age here, I don't know how old you are, so you're either Gen Z or Millennial, and because of that, our generation, well, I'm a Millennial, so my generation grew up with the internet in our teenage years forward, Gen Z had it basically their whole life, it is a part of our like socio-political structure now uh-huh. that you see people who have a bigger following and you there are people that have huge followings and I'm like why <laughs> like why like what and and down to the point you have people who will buy followers and like I I'm not saying that I know anybody who's done that specifically but there are people out there who buy followers because it makes them feel like, you know, well, I have this better role now. Like, I, I'm i worth more now because I have these followers. And you're not. You're still getting 20 likes on a post. Like, mm-hmm. why does that number make us feel better? And I, I can't answer that. But it's something that our generations are burdened with massively. Yeah, and trying to deal with... Yeah, and people, they have these really crazy misconceptions. Like, as soon as I hit, like, 20,000 followers, I think, which was a few years ago, but as soon as I hit 20-ish thousand followers, people assumed Instagram was paying me money to be, like, I'm like, why would Instagram pay me money to have followers? (laughs) Like, are you hearing the words that come out of your mouth? 
Like even now at, you know, 70,000, I don't get paid for most of the promos I do. Most of them I do because I really like it. The yeah. product or, you know, the tarot deck. And I think other people should freaking see this stuff. Like it's cool. <laughs> like all the tarot decks I get, I've never been paid for any of those. People, yeah. I, I find them and I say, hi, I have a platform. If you send me one, I can get this to people so they can go buy your stuff because it's cool and they should see it. <laughs> and that goes back to the work. All right. the work. <laughs> the work I have to do. <laughs> but it's true. And we have all these, like the tarot community as an example, has all these incredible indie artists that just aren't being found and they aren't being seen. And that's mm-hmm. not fair. Not just to the artists, but to uh, co- the consumers. Like, show us so we can buy them. Yes. <laughs> that reminds me of literally the meme you just posted where it was like <laughs> when we ordered the first one and then the second one we're not going to financially recover. Literally, <laughs> you're never after you become a witch and you discover, you know, indie tarot decks and then Kickstarter and support you're never going to recover. <laughs> yeah. I think I own probably close to 200 tarot decks. And my husband, bless him, um, he, so I've got decks in storage because we are trying to move. It's obviously it's not happening because coronavirus, but we're trying to move. We got some, I've got a bunch in storage, but I also have like probably a well, I know exactly how many I have in here because he texted me about it. He was cleaning in here. He sends me a text message. It says 58. That's all it said. And I was like, 58 what? And he goes, Yes. So I'm, like, guessing. Well, our cat plays with Q-tips. She gets a hold of them and she plays with them. So I'm, like, Q-tips? He goes, no. I'm, like, bobby pins? No. I'm, like, is it tarot decks? And he goes, yes. Yes, it is. He's, like, and you've got, like, ten more under your desk and God knows how many more in the garage. And I'm, like, you know what? I am not accepting this attack right now. (laughs) Please get a job. Those messages. <laughs> I actually reject this, actually, and I'm a victim here, actually. So, <laughs> and you probably find one, and then you're like, "Oh, I forgot I even had this one." You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or I've got like some that like cards are missing in them, but they have some sort of sentimental value because I'm a Cancer, and that although the most of my chart is fire. That one part of my cancer, like, sun sign, I'm, like, I'm very sentimental. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, but I, I did my first reading with this with this deck, so I can't get rid of it. And my husband's like, it's not even usable anymore. I'm like, but look at it. It's a piece of history now. <laughs> or I have, like, a deck that got really bad water damage on it. And it, it can't be used at all anymore, but it's the first deck my husband bought me. And so, like, I'm not going to get rid of that. And he's just like, it's it's broken. And I'm like, yes, but it says that you love me. <laughs> Do you see it? <laughs> the indie decks are really cool, too. Like, um, like just because there's so many of them. And the one that I really want now, but I am waiting, um, until I can afford it, is, I think it's Denzian of the Earth, and it was, like, all hand-drawn, and, like, the Instagram account, she, from the very beginning, she was, like, showing how she was, like, hand-drawing them, um, but it came out, like, a few months ago, and it, like, looks really cool, um, so I just wanted to slide that in there. (laughs) There's a few of them out there that I really want, but I keep missing the windows for, like, the, oh, I think it's called Liminal Space, 
Yeah. Maybe that's what it's called, I think. I really want that deck. I have missed the pre-orders and the sales every single time without fail. And I'm just like, I give up. I'm done. I'm done trying. I'm done looking. It wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, the, I, I did a deck a couple of months ago, the Tarot of the Unknown, which was the Over the Garden Wall deck. And I had been wanting it. It was sold out everywhere. And he was like, I'm doing one last Kickstarter printing. I have never hit a buy button so quick in my entire life. I was like smashing it. My husband's like, chill out. I'm like, I won't. <laughs> Not until I get that order. <laughs> yeah. All like, right. Sure You've got it. Thing. Yes. I'm always like panicking, like, okay, let me get that approved because I never know, like, especially when you're doing a Kickstarter or anything, um, if it's gotten a lot of press or something, then you're just like, oh my gosh, am I going to get it? Is somebody else going to hit it first? You're sitting there at 3 a.m. staring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've never hit a buy button so fast in my entire life. I just, whew. <laughs> question for you is because I think there's an expectation for people to answer with like mystical answers or like whatever like whimsical enchanting answers so how did you first get into tarot oh this is very <laughs> listen on the third night of my 12th year an owl came and he whispered <laughs> in my ear and I'm just kidding <laughs> trying to be whimsical <laughs> I love that. Uh, I was like getting my tea, and I was like, "Yes, you yes. know." <laughs> uh, I was a weird fucking kid, so let's start with that. Um, I was a weird child. I've grown up. I grew up in a very pro spiritual, pro paranormal household. I spent my entire life, as far as literally as far as I can remember, like two years old, like. When I was two or three, my brother and I, who's just like a year younger than me, knew the entire lyrics and dance to the Rocky Horror Picture Show Time Warp, okay? Like, we were weird kids. I have a Rocky Horror Picture Show tattoo on my inner arm that matches him because we were just weird. And um, we grew up watching, like, you know, haunted house shows or, like, shows about spirituality, stuff like that. Um, my mom would never describe herself as a witch, but she totally is. And so is my abuelita. And they would both never use those words, but that's like, that's what they are. Mm -hmm. And so when I grew up in this household that was so like pro all that stuff, I, from a really young age, I wanted to read tarot. I just, I, I had seen it in like movies and stuff. I didn't really know what it was, um, but I just knew I wanted to read it. So when I was 11, we were at an outlet mall in my hometown and there was like an, it was like an outlet Barnes and Noble or something like that. And there was a Kabbalah tarot deck, which in hindsight, I wish I still had because it's worth like $900, but um, it was from the Kabbalah Center in LA. They had like done a short-lived tarot deck that went nowhere. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I begged my mom to buy this for me. And she was like, why? And I was like, I, I, I'm going to read tarot. And my mom's like, you're fucking weird, but okay. And so she's got it for me. I had no idea what I was doing. And I pretty much spent the first like three or four years being like, I drew death. So you're going to die. And my <laughs> friends would be like, oh my God. <laughs> and then I got way more into it actually as like a, like a, in high school, I bought like a proper writer Wade Smith deck. I bought some books and I would just like practice in my room 
like this was like you know 2003 2004 and uh, again I don't want to assume how old you guys are but when I was a teenager in 2003 the internet was a much weirder place and different and you could just pretty much make a website and it would just exist online and like anybody could find it and like so I would just go to like because this is before Google and stuff too. Maybe Google existed. It was like Ask Jeeves, something like that. Yes. Oh and my I would God. like type in like witchcraft or tarot or whatever, and I'd get these bizarre websites that had like black backgrounds with like hot pink or hot like lime green fonts. And yeah, I spent all my time doing that. Yeah, and then weirdly, <laughs> I got super into magic, and here I am. <laughs> Weird, weirdly. <laughs> Weird transition, I know. But somehow it happened, despite the odds. <laughs> I love hearing people's backstories, though, because it's so fascinating, like, you know, like, how people actually kind of went Got down. to it. Probably like, down the rabbit hole, but, yeah, kind of found it. Um, I remember back when, maybe this is, um, like, when YouTube, I don't know, it feels like everything was a little more free. Like, you could just find, like, the randomest stuff and now it seems almost like i don't know a lot of stuff's like pushed on well yeah because on google you can pay money to be pushed higher up on the search engine as well as depending on how well your seo is pushed Mm -hmm. it pushes you higher up on the search engine (laughs) so yeah it is all much more manufactured where 20 years ago it was like yeehaw welcome (laughs) to the internet (laughs) So one of my last questions that I wanted to ask um, was, do you have any, like, unpopular opinions on tarot, like, on the way tarot is used online, or, like, I don't know. I don't know why, I just wanted to ask that. Okay, first <laughs> of all, have you not seen my Twitter? It's nothing but, like, <laughs> shitty hot takes. <laughs> um, yeah, I've got a lot. Um <laughs> I'm going to not share any that will cancel me, but, um, yeah, I think I, first and foremost, I feel like everybody who gets into tarot, not everybody, that's, that's not correct to say a lot of people who get into tarot feel they have to make it a side hustle and you, first of all, you don't stop. First of all, if you've been reading tarot for a month, why the fuck are you charging people? Stop, stop, stop that. Um, it makes me crazy. Um, cause that's how our whole community gets bad names. Like, yeah, there's also obviously a much bigger problem when it comes to like, you know, scam artists in the community, like the people who steal my profile, for example, or similar. And then they message people like, you've got a message from your ancestors. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> your ancestors do, are not speaking to this person. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> but people feel this, and it's kind of going back to that. Thing about social media people feel an insane pressure to make money off of it and like why or they feel it's really easy to make money off of so they just like oh i'll just do this and you're like fuck you <laughs> like sorry but fuck you man like you it is the exact same thing in my opinion as going back to that like elementary school teacher who gets paid a certain amount of money because they got an education and they went and they don't get paid enough for the record. Elementary school teachers, all teachers should be getting paid more, but regardless, they get paid a certain amount of money because they had that education, right? Meanwhile, 
you'll have some guy, like, let's pretend on the street being like, I can teach your kids. I've got a whiteboard. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's not a teacher. They're not the same. And, of course, you're going to have a weird, shitty, confusing experience. Like, <laughs> like of course you are. Hello? They're, like, they don't know what they're doing. And, but that being said, I do think that if you want to read for other people and you, especially for practice, and you open it up for practice and you're like, here is my tip jar. If you would like to tip me while I'm practicing, I say 12 out of 10, absolutely be doing that. Because tarot readings do take time and energy. And as long as you're acknowledging the fact that this is for practice, like, you know, and if you would like to tip me, great. If not, that is not why I'm here. Then I say do it. But I think there's this insane pressure that you have to be making a side hustle out of fucking everything. Which is a huge, like, this isn't just tarot. This is a huge reflection of our generations. Not it's everything happy. needs to be a goddamn side hustle. Yeah. It can just bring you joy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that hustle culture thing. Like, and I, I, I got really into um, researching, like, how it, people were calling it, like, hustle porn. And people were, like, just consuming this hustle stuff all the time. And then you get trapped mm -hmm. into thinking that you have no room to do anything else and I'm uh I have Capricorn Sun so I blame it on that but I'm like I can workaholic all day long for what I don't know but just going backtracking a little bit like when you said um people just get into it because they think it's easy I want to say this like that it's actually really hard it's really hard to grow a tarot business to the point where you are have a full-time tarot business or even like a part-time tarot business and mm -hmm. I don't think, like, that if somebody gets into it, they're not going to be doing it for, like, years if they're not passionate about it. Because before I got online, like, I remember I did a few YouTube videos, like, around 2015. And, like, I, mm -hmm. hopefully they're not still online. I don't know. I have <laughs> fun. That's terrible. But, like, I was doing in-person or, like, going to, like, different events and, like, lugging my stuff around. And it's really... Like, it, it is hard. Like, so... It's really know, difficult. Like, and I think, too, especially with things like social media, like, not to keep harping on social media, <laughs> but um, it has created this dynamic and culture where everybody thinks that, you know, let's say you become an influencer and, boom, you're making money. So if you are an influencer who also has a side hustle, boom, you're making money. And that's just not true. And, or, you know, people think, oh, I'll just start a YouTube. It's easy. It's really not. Like, <laughs> you know, like, just take, like, the podcast. Like, my podcast, for example, and I'm assuming this is very similar for you guys. Um, for our podcast, we, we, our episodes are, like, 45 minutes long. But we record for, like, probably an hour and a half. Yeah. Because we retake and recut things and all that. And then there's an hour and a half to two hours of editing on top of that for 45 minutes. And it's like, you know, there's four. And then on top of that, you've got stuff like sound checks and making sure that, like, our stupid editing website that we use has decided to show up and work this week. Or, you know, I'm trying to build us a website. That I've put, like, 15 hours into, and it still looks like absolute horseshit <laughs> and so it's it, it it takes so much work and so much energy and even like being an influencer 
it's a lot of work, you know, especially to be a genuine person who actually interacts with your following. Like, I try really hard to, even if I can't respond to them, acknowledge every comment that I get. And, you know, I try to respond to all my messages unless they're, like, asking me to pull my tits out or something like that, um, <laughs> which has happened. Disgusting. Men don't deserve rights. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah. It is so much work, and people think that it's just this easy thing that you just show up and do it. And I'm sorry, but that is not the real world. It's not the real world. It's just not. It's. It, I think it's the same reason why people fall into multi-layer marketing schemes is because they think it's easy money, mm. because it's already made for you. All you got to do is get your boss babes, and that's just. It's not real life. Even like I'm like taking the whole pyramid scheme portion out of it, right? So like let's pretend it's a legitimate business. Um, still hard work. You still have to find your customers. You still have to like put in the energy and do these things. And people just think it's so easy and it's just like it's fucking not. No work is easy. Nobody likes to fucking work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's never going like even if you enjoy what you do you're not enjoying the work aspect of it you know what I mean yeah. and like I love my job with a burning passion like I am so passionate about my work I love it so much but do I enjoy responding to emails and creating content every fucking day and you know reading through like the messages that I get, and I'm not complaining about them, but do I enjoy that aspect of it? Of course I don't. Who who enjoys responding to emails? Like, nobody. Who enjoys setting up websites and, and, and freaking building internet things? I don't know. Not me. <laughs> it doesn't mean I don't love what I do, but there is always going to be an aspect of it that's going to be difficult. There just is. Unless you become a millionaire who can hire people to do the hard parts for you. And you've got to do all the hard parts and the work first to get there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a lot of work. It is for everything that you said. Editing, putting it out there. And then on top of that, like, I don't know about you both, but, like, for me, it's, I, I edit, I put it out there, and then I'm like, okay, I hope people enjoy this. And then there's this very emotional side of it that I don't think, like, people think about. Um when they're the audience. See, what you got to do is just do what I do. Put it out there and then completely disassociate. <laughs> and then if they don't like it, it's fine because I've actually removed it from my brain and I never have to think about it again. I don't listen to my own podcast because I hate how I sound. Really? I listened to like the first three episodes and I was like, well, that's enough of that now. <laughs> I literally and will read through are listened to just to make sure I'm like, cause I'm typo queen. So when I send something out or when I put something out, I'm like, all right, double check real quick. All right, scan, scan, scan. All right, fuck it, post. And then I close it, turn my phone on, do not disturb and walk the fuck. I'm going to go color. I'm going to go have some coffee. I'm going to go hang out because I don't want to look and see what's going to happen until much later. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like, I mean, not to harp on it, but it's like, you know, in some, in a position like influencers like you, because just like any friendship, you have something in common, right? Right from the get-go. And there's that that basis of understanding. And it, so a lot of my friends have said it as well, which is that, you know, you get these people that forget that you're a human being. Like, I'm not David Dobrik. I don't have a team behind me who's organizing my life. I'm Robin Valentine, 
who sometimes my husband will bring me a coffee while I'm working on stuff because he's got his own job to do. <laughs> and, you know, it, I'm one person. So, like, for example, if I don't get back to your message that just says, hi, like, I'm sorry, get to the point. What do you want in your message? Because I'm not going to entertain you with a conversation. Like, and I not, and that's not to be rude. I have like a hundred messages I have to go through a day. You need to tell me what you want or I will skip over it. And it's not because I dislike you. It's because I don't have the time to entertain a conversation with somebody I don't know when other people have gotten right to the point and said, hey, you know, I, I always feel bad when people say, I hope I'm not bothering you because you're not bothering me. You're asking me a question and I want to answer it. <laughs> but they'll, you know, they'll send me a message being like, oh, I hope I'm not bothering you, but X, Y, Z. And then I can just be like, hey, thanks for asking this question. Here is the best I can, like, offer you the help on that. Where, you know, if you send me a message that says hi, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to beg you for your question. Just spit mm -hmm. it out or don't. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's mean. Everybody's gonna listen to this and be like, wow, no. Robin's a bitch. <laughs> no, that's so honest. I think more people need to be honest about that. Especially because, like, okay, like you just said, your husband will come in and give you a coffee. My husband often does the same thing. He'll come and bring me while I'm doing something. And then it's like, he is also waiting for my time. So looking at a message yeah. that I have to, like, drag and pull teeth because you're kind of just say what you need let's be honest with each other and let's get yeah, going and like people like they could just be dicks like i had somebody the other day get pissed off at me because i didn't show the flip side right away of the cards i am literally making an eyeball right now everyone i have a little human kicking <laughs> me in my bladder and then i pee my pants a little bit okay that happens some days I'm going to wake up puking my brains out and maybe I just don't want to post that day because I feel like a, like a human garbage bag. Like I'm a, I'm a human being, a one man army. <laughs> like just, I'm not saying you gotta be nice to me, but don't be a dick either. Like you can just choose to not be an asshole. It's not that hard. We are so, I think it's so wrapped up with the instant gratification, especially like once you start posting things and like you said, how like bringing mm -hmm. things out of privacy and stuff, then they just start these and it goes back to expectations even of like, oh, well then I'm just going to jump in on this every single time. Like, what if I had a bad day? What if I had like three extra so hours person. I needed? Seriously, give me and just like, the extra two hours. Let's <laughs> pretend for a minute that I had posted that when I was feeling badly. I always write the meanings of the card the same day I post it because I want to separate myself from the pull to the meaning so that way I can try to be as all-encompassing as possible for people. Yeah. Because you are doing a general read for lots of people. So mm -hmm. I, I want to make it so that way it's not too specific. And sometimes when I post it, or write the meaning the same day, I accidentally, like, make it about me. And mm. so I try to separate that. So, like, let's pretend for a minute that I didn't do that. And I feel like shit. Well, my reading for you is going to be really crappy because I don't feel good and I should have made that boundary for myself. And I didn't because y'all are so demanding. <laughs> Not y'all, just a few people. <laughs> a very small percentage. <laughs> Um, but let's pretend I didn't and then your everyone's reading would have been crappy and that's not fair. That's not fair to everyone else because you couldn't wait 24 hours. Yeah.
like ranting about social media. Sorry, guys. I turned this into talking about no, my book, is... and now I've just been like, let's talk about why being an influencer sucks. <laughs> no, I feel like it's needed. Like when I'm listening to you now, I'm like, yes, this is the stuff that I think yeah. needs to be talked about because there is a lot. And you know, for me, like trying to be on social media, there's just a lot of stuff that you don't really think about before you get on social media or you try to, you know, do tarot or have a YouTube. I just made a video about, like, witch talk on YouTube and, like, I automatically I got, like, these are ten things that are just wrong with you personally. And I was like, okay, thank you for that. <laughs> thank you so much for that advice. I appreciate it. That's the <laughs> thing I don't understand is that you can criticize, let's say, witch talk. Which is the same equivalent of criticizing negative things about an entire city. That doesn't mean that I said a single, you, consumer, <laughs> you, single person in that city are a piece of shit. It's like, yeah, well, maybe the city does have potholes. Like, that doesn't mean that you're, a, like, a piece of crap because the city has potholes. Like, we should be able to critically analyze the platforms that we're on and the communities that we're in. Because that's how our communities grow and are become better places for everyone. And if we can't critically like analyze these things, we will never grow and we're going to become a toxic cesspool that burns ourselves out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a disaster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no social media platform is perfect in that. No community is perfect in that. I think that's part of the reason why in witchcraft a lot of covens burn out is because they don't have any sort of critical analysis of themselves and their like little small community right mm -hmm. that they aren't able to grow and therefore you know toxic things happen and they burn out mm -hmm. like instead we should take it as a stepping stone to like better ourselves <laughs> yes so this might actually be a stupid question um there's no so, such thing as stupid I, questions i feel Only like stupid <laughs> answers <laughs> <laughs> you get to the book, okay, and you were like, it's very much spells um, with the tarot. So, do you think that it can work for like different forms of magic? Like, oh, if so yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think so. I mean, I think that my book would not be good for people that do occultism, like ritual magic. Um, I don't necessarily think that that would be great for them because ritual magic does have like rules and structure and order, right? And like throwing in like robin valentine's opinion <laughs> doesn't really fit right but i think that um especially considering for myself i am a folk practitioner um because of that i feel like folk magic can fit into so many different paths even if you're you don't consider yourself a folk practitioner and sure there are aspects of it that don't fit but in terms of like spell work and stuff i think that it can be adapted to fit basically anybody and i also am a firm believer that just because i wrote a spell does not mean that you need to follow it to the t what works for me is not going to work for you necessarily i've given you an outline that you can choose to follow to the t you can also you know twerk a little bit to fit your practice and i think a lot of people need to remember that because i i I especially I'll get new people like in our Patreon who are like, well, I didn't follow it perfectly, so will it backfire? And it's like, no, like <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> it's just because witch talk tells you everything is gonna blow up your life doesn't mean it's true. Moldavite won't kill you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Um, as, like, somebody who, I'm very, like, theistic, um, so, do you talk about that at all, like, using tarot to connect with the divine, or using it to connect to what you believe in? Is that in the book at all? Not really in my book, because I, I've known people that have done so many different paths, right, when it comes to, like, the divine gods, goddesses, deities, etc. That what I really wanted to stray away from was accidentally sounding similar to a book about Wicca. Um, Where that sort of thing, it does play a really heavy role in Wiccan books. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I didn't want people to have the misunderstanding about what I was trying to, you know, put out there. Um, Because especially, again, you do get the beginners who think that you have to follow these rules. And if I were to give an example, let's say, of a few goddesses that would be really great to work with for this. I didn't want them to have the misunderstanding that they have to do that to have the spell be valid or work, work. And I just, I, I I figured, you know, if you're somebody who works with the divine works with gods, goddesses, deities, whomever, you're going to incorporate that naturally for yourself. I didn't want new people to think they absolutely had to. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Carrie, did you have any other questions? I think I am all, like, we talked a, about a lot of, like, a lot of different topics. I feel Sorry. like you're going to be chewing up. No, I love that. I think it was really enjoyable. So I'm really excited for the book. I pre-ordered it, like. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm very so excited, I'm really excited, too. I'm probably going to cry when it shows up and I get my physical copy. It's supposed to come, I think, next month. I'm probably going to cry, like, a lot, so... That's good. That's cool and normal. It's <laughs> totally normal, and you should totally This is celebrate. a normal and chill thing to do, actually, so... Uh, <laughs> very, very cool. Did you want to, like, share where people can pre-order and everything? Sure, so, um, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok under at a tired witch or on Twitter, which is tired X witch. And all of them have a link in my bio that takes you to my find me page because my book is, uh, available worldwide. It's got like, it's got, if you click on that, it takes you to like all the links, Amazon books, a million, you name it. (laughs) Um, so yeah, there's not like a single spot that I want to direct people to other than that, (laughs) because you can do that. And, I think I've got one more week left. Yeah, one more week left of if people pre-order my book, you can click through a giveaway on my, which is also on that that link tree as well. And you put in your pre-order info and then you can win a 30-minute live tarot reading with me. <laughs> Yay! It would be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I've already, had, I've already had five winners, I think. And they've all been so nice. Like, I love all of them. <laughs> Everybody's so nice. I love them. <laughs> but yeah, I'm very excited about it. And I appreciate the support, you guys. Thank you for having me on here. Thank you so much for listening again to the Grunge Magic Podcast with our guest, Robin Valentine. And her book, Coming Out, Pre-Order It, Magical Tarot. Thank you. Uh- <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me.